This is the Counting on Her podcast, a service of the Arizona chapter of WIFS. Women in Insurance and Financial Services, the only financial services organization with programming for women by women. Thank you all so much for joining us today on Counting on Her podcast, a WIFS Women in Financial and Insurance Services production. Uh, today we are joined by the incredible and lovely Dr. Jewel. And I'm actually going to let you say your last name now just because we just talked about this, Dr. Jewel, about how I didn't want to butcher it. So go ahead and say it for us. <laughs> My last name is Ray Chiduri. There we go. Perfect. Rage Dory. Thank you, Dr. Jewel. <laughs> so she joins us today. She has been an executive coach, a leadership coach for um, how long have you actually been a coach? Because I know you come from corporate world as well. You were a corporate woman for what over 20 years, correct? Oh, yeah. Okay. So how so, long have you been a coach now? Since I took my coach training in 2006. Okay. Okay, so, so, so yep. that's pretty. You long. like it? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> well, what's your background? What's your story? Like, go through oh, all that. What's my story? Yeah. Um, I was a liberal arts major in college. Okay. And I had two jobs when I was in college. I worked for an insurance agent, and I worked for a buying syndicate. Mm-hmm. who did fashion and things like that. So two possible Avenues. job opportunities. Yeah. Very different. <laughs> Very different. One required typing. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of out. And the one that I chose was, or, and also chose me, was New York Life Insurance. Oh. Mm-hmm. And the building on 26th, Avenue in New York City, 26th and Madison, has these beautiful gold gates. And that kind of sold it. It's it's a landmark building. So I started as a group account correspondent, which meant I handled people's billing problems. I enrolled them in insurance. At one point, I handled the Canadian desk. So I got to learn a little bit more about my French. So I practiced because I studied it in school, but I, pra- I was able to practice it more. Okay. And then I, um, so I handled group insurance. And then I had a job uh, with the commission. Be- I was a liaison between commissions and actuarial. So I did that. And then I had the opportunity to move into being an underwriter. So I was a medical underwriter and a group underwriter for a product called EPI, which had two to 29 lives. Okay. So, and then that's when my career path started to switch Mm -hmm. because I had been underwriting probably about three or four years and I realized I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. This wasn't it. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity. I was a tour guide at the New York Botanical Garden. And so the next position that I had was as a staff underwriter. And the first thing I did in that position was to do training of other underwriters. Mm-hmm. So, so that leadership role. That leadership role. And, it was, and I also handled insurance department complaints, letters to the president, those kinds of things. 
but it was really the training and that Mm -hmm. really hooked me Mm -hmm. so then I went um, to school I went to the new school and they had a program in human resources management and development so I took that and I looked for jobs outside the company Mm -hmm. and somebody said to me your best opportunity is within the company. So I kind of beat down doors, and finally I had to interview. They knew who I was, but <laughs> I had to interview, and right. finally I got the, I got moved into HR, mm-hmm. and I did training. Okay. So. Okay, and so then you were at that cor- that that corporate still, right? For- I was still in in New York Life in mm-hmm. corporate. Wow. Okay. And so what made you sit down and say, you know what, I want to do this on my own? Oh, on my own? Yeah. With, um, with, well, with your, with your actual company, right? I mean, you you have your own, your own, oh, correct? Oh, with my own company. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it was something I always thought about mm-hmm. was, um, I always felt like an entrepreneur mm-hmm. in New York life because I kind of, um, I don't know that I I think of myself as a corporate type. I do. Mm-hmm. But there's also this side of me that kind of, like, looks <laughs> elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, stuff. opportunist. Opportunist, yeah. And so, um, so I always thought of myself as an entrepreneur, but I always wondered what it would be like to be external. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, that's awesome. That's fantastic. So talk us. Talk to us about, I know that you've done a lot of research on power mm-hmm. and especially working with women. Can you talk a little bit about your research and, and what that's led to? Sure. I did my research on, on power, women and their experiences of power mm-hmm. in Fortune 500 companies mm-hmm. in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. And uh, these women had the title of VP and above. And what led me to this quest about power mm-hmm. was things within my own life. And one of them was I was taking a course when I was at the new school about power. It wasn't about power. It was about organizational behavior. But mm-hmm. we played a power game. And there was a guy, like, I figured out how to win the game. There was no rules. There was nothing. It was one of these things that's ambivalous. Right. Just human interaction kind of thing? Kind of like you had to get something into the teacher. Okay. But um, you had to figure out a way to do it. But there were no rules or, or anything. So I thought of the way to do it. We would have won the game. Mm-hmm. But this guy negated me oh, yeah. and said, oh, you know, that's not a way, that's not right, or whatever he said. Right. And, you know, I mean, three months later, at the end of the course, he apologized mm-hmm. and said, you know, that he realized that that was the way he was treating women at work. Oh. And... You know, so we talked about that. So that that was 
confirming that power was really yeah an important thing. I was very self-aware of him too. That was nice that he came back to you in retrospect, or you know, yeah. or introspect. I guess that's very nice. He did <laughs> rare. So that that was yeah was rare. Must have been the school. So um, you know, so that was part of it. And so the next part of my journey was going for a PhD. So this research was part of my PhD research. So I interviewed 15 women, and um, they had the title VP and above. And then, um, so my research was about what was the experience like? Did they feel power was, you know, how did they define it? Mm -hmm. How did they navigate it? Did they have any of the same feelings about giving it up or not liking it or, you know, it was a dirty word kind of thing? Yeah. So that's kind of the focus of my research. Okay. And what I eventually created was a typology. And uh, so I found three categories of women. Mm -hmm. And I looked at power as um, situational, but I also looked at power as the power of I am, Mm -hmm. and that's the personal power. Right. So, um, so what, so what um, we talked about, what I asked them in the interviews was, tell me about a situation when you felt at the top of your game, when you could do anything, and it felt really, really good. Mm. And then conversely, I asked the opposite, when you... Felt low. We're not doing good here. Yeah, when you're frustrated when whatever's happening. Mm -hmm. So, um, So that was it. And then we actually got into the discussion of power. So, um, so I created this typology, and what I found was that there were nine women who I called it a congruent sense of power. So they had no judgments about power. Uh, one woman said to me, well, I don't like to talk about power, but if I had to, I could. Okay. And I could reframe yeah, it. Yeah, very indifferent. So, yeah. you know, so they were positive. Some of them had role models. They were very, very strong mm. in things that they did. They were able to take action to influence other people. Um, they did a lot of things. And um, they were able to talk about power to move and act. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first group. Yeah. And then the second group, I said, had a dissonant sense of power. And there were four of those, four of those women. And what they talked about was, oh, I don't have power in the sense that a man has power. Uh And he has all the power, Mm -hmm. right? Or else I'm powerful here, but I'm not so powerful at home. And, um, or it was, am I supposed to be nice or am I supposed to be, use the club, somebody said. (laughs) And so there was those (laughs) distinctions. Like, I'll have power now in the present job I'm in, Mm -hmm. but for the next job, I'm going to feel powerless. Mm. So, and then the third group was what I called a block sense of power. Mm Mm-hmm. 
they had said power is either good or evil, good Mm. or bad. Mm. And one of them had worked with the chairman. And so she said, if I have my boss's type of power, it's okay. He knows how to use power effectively. Mm. And I, and I like the way he uses power. But the chairman, the chairman will say jump, and then you're supposed to jump, yeah. right? They're saying, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> um, I don't like that kind of power. Yeah. I don't want that. If power is that, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. So um, that's pretty much... Yeah. How do you feel about power? I mean, like those categories of women, how do you see or feel into that now especially like even younger in your life and now oh now I definitely you're definitely further along you're like I got the power yeah it's good to have power it really is good to have power whether you call it power or not right and you know if you call it strength right I'm a strong woman Mm -hmm. and I can get things done I can take action Mm. I can um I can nurture, I can care about things, and, and that's, you know, that's all within my power. Mm-hmm. And realizing, like, another definition is choice. Mm-hmm. So when I have choice, then I have power. And if I act on those choices, if I move towards what I want, then I have power. Mm. If I procrastinate, for example... Or I stay stuck and I can't make a decision. Yeah, then it really puts you into I'm powerless. Right, I'm powerless, I'm helpless. You may not uh, think of it that way, but uh, that's what it it comes down to. And if you tell yourself that enough, Mm -hmm. then it becomes, you know, part of your makeup and it's not a good thing. Oh, yeah. No, you know what's funny is I was looking at the wheel of personal power, and we will share that with all of um, our listeners as Great. well. Um, but one one part of that was using my voice and taking action. I personally really struggle with because I feel like using my voice, sometimes I don't want to offend. I don't want to upset. I don't want to harm. I don't want to club. I don't want to shout. I don't want to be soft. I don't want to whisper. And so I'm constantly an overthinker in my own head. And so that's one of those those the part of the wheel that I could really personally work on. Do you find that you've had that as well in your life or do you feel like it's still comes? Yeah. It, um, you know, there's always, I, I don't experience it as much as I used to Mm -hmm. about what am I going to say or how am I going to say it? But then, you know, when I was also, in New York life, I can remember somebody saying, choose your battles. Yeah. And, you know, so that that's also another thing. But, um, you know, really to take action is not necessarily a bad thing. Or to say something, mm-hmm. you know, in a certain way. If you say it in a certain way, then... Um, you can say it and right. have it be okay. beneficial mm-hmm. to the other person as well. Right, right. I think the silence sometimes is the harm too, right? Not doing anything is a risk as well, right? Right, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I really like the part about being present as well on the wheel. Uh-huh. Um, it just in general, like I really uh, appreciated the affirmations of everything. You know, I am like you're saying, I, I know that I can. I, you know, and I really appreciated that. And one of the parts of that was I am present. And I love that just being present in the moment and knowing it's okay to just be there and accept what's going on. I think that that's very powerful as well. Yeah, so acceptance is a key, and mm-hmm. um, and really, you know, I was on a call this morning with um, with a coach from, actually he's from India, but he's now in the UK, okay. and we have a group, and we do leadership lessons okay. from the Bhagavad Gita, which is the Indian um, book of... Uh, um, we apply it to lyric, leader, leadership, but it's a spiritual book. So, oh. uh, so it's interesting because that's what we were talking about. We were talking about flow, being in the flow of life. Mm-hmm. And when we're in flow, we're fully present to things. And, you know, and then we don't have necessarily any judgments. We can just move about easily. And then, you know, a lot of, then we fall out of this wonderful flow yeah. of being one in the un, with the universe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we, our awareness has to bring us back. And that's the way... Um, we can really practice being present in that moment, being present. And it really is um, taking care of what you care about yeah, and what someone else cares about, mm-hmm. which is important to leadership mm-hmm. in leading a team, having to really know what your people care about and then help them to achieve that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, because so many people are dissatisfied in today's world, and they're not engaged at work. Yeah. So as leaders, we have to yeah. really kind of inspire them and help them and develop them. So, mm. and that's the powerful. Yeah. You know what's funny is leadership or management. I mean, either either word. It, as much as it comes with that that feeling of um, superiority or, you know, priority or whatnot, it's actually quite opposite. It's supposed to be a supportive role to empower people, right? So it's funny how people miss that cue sometimes. And I love that you just said, you know, there to inspire people, period. Um, So I really appreciate that you said that because I feel a lot of people could hear that, you know, and and value that. So yeah, because there's a difference between managing and leading. Yes. Oh, that's it. Yeah. So, and, you know, I was thinking, because I tweet a lot, and I, <laughs> so we got to follow, media. we got to follow Dr. Joel on social media now. So, um, but one of the things is, one question I was going to ask is, you know, are you a leader that's fallen back in it either to be, to being the role of a manager mm. or the role of an individual contributor, mm. you know, like. Yeah. Um, you kind of want to do the doing and not the developing and the leading. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an important question. That is. Yeah. It's nice to come back and be self-aware and, and, and consider consider that as well. So anybody listening right now that's in a leadership role, 
Please take a second to reflect. <laughs> Are you doing that? What's your best piece of advice, Dr. Jewel, for any um, women, so to speak, about power or even women in that leadership role about how to better use that power, right? Yeah, I was, um, well, first of all, don't be afraid of your own power. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be afraid that you're going to be rude or, you know, or offend someone. Mm-hmm. Because if Am you, I too aggressive right now? Am I? No, no, <laughs> just you're kidding. Perfect. No, but that's that's exactly that inner dialogue. Yeah. So, um, you know, so feel say it. There are ways to learn how to say it um, in a certain way, and so that's something to do. But don't be afraid of. Um, having direct feedback because that eventually will help you work better together Mm. and um, move things along. So so you asked for advice. So I have um, some things um, that I was thinking about. So the two questions that I asked my women about when you're at the top of your game and then when you're at the bottom kind of thing. um, In my it's a good idea to probably ask those two questions. In what situations do I feel powerful and on the top of my game? Mm -hmm. And then what am I doing that makes me feel that way? And is there a story or a judgment that I'm making about myself? Mm -hmm. And then flip it to the other question, when I'm feeling powerless or when I feel at my worst, feeling frustrated what what makes me feel that way what's going on so and is my judgment grounded mm. with evidence you know and i could say oh i suck at this <laughs> yep yep <laughs> yeah but then i'd have to ask myself or a coach would have to ask me um you know how do you know you suck at this? What what evidence is there that you suck at this? Maybe you've never done it before, mm-hmm. and you think you're going to suck at it, but maybe <laughs> you'll be the best at it you can possibly be. So our judgments enter. We create these stories, oh, yeah. and um, we need to let them go. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's one thing I wanted to tell you. There was something I'm. I'm going to wrestle a little bit. Oh, you're okay. We'll, we'll cut it out. Oh, yeah. So you asked also some other things that they could do is that you have more power than you think you have. Mm-hmm. And to really look for possibilities, not for problems. Mm. So if there's something that, you know, you're in a situation and you see the situation in a certain way because we perceive things not as it really is, but how we observe it. Yes. How we see it. Mm-hmm. So rather than look at something as a problem, mm. how can we shift it? Yeah, and it's an opportunity. As an opportunity. And so asking questions like, what if I were to do it this way? Mm-hmm. Or what if... Um, you know, what if I moved or I took the action 
here rather than over here. Right. So um, to that really empowerment and kind of pretend with it. Okay, let's um, let's shift something. Let's let's change the way um, we we cross our arms and yeah. let's do that in a, in a different way. Do it the opposite way. Yeah. And what does that produce? Mm-hmm. So just be open, open to be to, open to the the actual growth of it. Yeah, and just play with it. Sometimes it requires playing and thinking outside the box. Oh, I love that playing. I think we could all use a good play every day. Yes, yeah. we can. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thank you. That's so good. Mm. Um, so, Dr. Jewel, how do people work with you best? How do people find you? How do you want to be found? Or do you want to be found? You know, how, how, do, how do we work with you? Oh, I want to be found. I want to be <laughs> Good. <laughs> I figured. So, so, if anybody wants to, to do the assessment tool, I would love for them to do it and to let me know how they feel about it. And also... If they want a debrief of it, I'd be happy to debrief with them and maybe even get a group together and just kind of talk about power. Yeah, do it with with a group of friends, you know, or wine or margaritas, you know, whatever your choice is. Yes. (laughs) Or water. People don't drink. That's fine, too. (laughs) We'll do it all. (laughs) So that's really good. And you can email me. My email is jewel at jewelraychidori.com. So we got to spell it. I'm a member of WIF, so I'm <laughs> WIF's Phoenix. So um, jewel is J-E-W-E-L at jewel, Ray, R-A-Y, Chidori, C-H-A-U-D-H-U-R-I dot com. And um, my old website is jewelraychidori.com. I my new website is almost up. Yay. And it's called revisioningmylife.com. Okay. And you can still check out my old website, but things will be up there and you can sign up for my newsletter as well cuz I have a newsletter okay. um that goes out should go out monthly. Great. And um but yeah, the power wheel request the power wheel email me. Mhm. And let's set up a time to talk. Awesome. Perfect. And I've done it. I've done it as well. And it's a, it's very powerful. Again, everything in there, every single spoke of the wheel is great because you kind of talk to yourself and like, oh, that doesn't feel exactly me yet. Or, you know, oh, that definitely me. So I really appreciate going through that. So if I can encourage anybody listening right now, please go through it. Um, Dr. Jewel is amazing. And she will help you get to that part where you absolutely feel those things. So please utilize her. Um, we love you so much, Dr. Jewel. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. in Thank you. And you could have just called me Jewel. Oh, no, I like Dr. Jewel. It makes, it, it's, it's empowering and I would like to empower you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. The Counting on Her podcast is a service of WIFS Phoenix, attracting, developing, and advancing women in the financial services industry. Visit WIFSNational.com.